Hello and welcome to yet another baseball podcast where we'll talk about the game, the players, the teams, and all things around the diamond. I'm your host, Justin Kohler, and let's step into the batter's box because a new episode is about to get underway. All right, and we are back with officially the second ever episode of yet another baseball podcast. Uh, Again, my name's Justin. Super happy to be here. And uh, as you'll notice, I said I was going to record a lot of these on Fridays. It's definitely not Friday. This is kind of a little extra bonus episode, even though this is the second episode and I shouldn't be doing bonus episodes already. But in the world of baseball, we have hit one of the most important and biggest times of the year, apart from things like the World Series, apart from opening day. It's the trade deadline, which is the part of the year where I and many, many other baseball fans are on their phones checking consistently the most. And I know on uh, on Tuesday, on August 1st, on the actual trade deadline day, I will be glued to my phone throughout the entire day because so much happens so quick. And you really start to get a sense of where teams are wanting to go, where teams see themselves Uh, in terms of success for this season and beyond, just from this one particular day. So this is one of my favorite times of the year. I love seeing it. I love seeing all the moves. Uh, It's just a really exciting time for baseball. Um, So just for those who don't really know, um, the trade deadline in baseball is, is exactly that. It is the deadline for when teams are able to trade players and move players between teams during the season. Um, after this, teams can no longer move players apart from from things like dropping players or picking them up off of free agency. Um, so today is realistically to talk about all of that, kind of uh, some of the trades that have gone on so far as of recording this, um, some of my top picks for uh, who's still on the market uh, and uh, where I'd like a few people to go and what I want to see happen. Um, So to get right into it, the easiest thing to talk about are some of the biggest trades. Now, there have been a bunch so far, and there were some early moves. I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm just going to talk about some of the more exciting ones, or at least what I find to be the more exciting ones. And with that, it is hard not to talk about the biggest one, which is Max Scherzer going to the Texas Rangers. This directly, I mean, the Mets this season have been a nightmare. Uh, they came in with tons of money. We're just throwing money around at every every player that they could possibly get. And this season has just been a, a horrible, horrible mess for the team. I feel so bad for Mets fans, uh, including one of my personal friends who were really, really excited for this season. And it's it's, like I said, just been a nightmare. So it makes sense that they're offloading Scherzer. I still wouldn't be too, too surprised if they got rid of Verlander too. Uh, just with how they in particular have been, I think I think both of them have had kind of very slow starts and have had kind of middle-of-the-road seasons for both of them. It's I'm not horribly surprised that they're offloading at least Scherzer, at least one of them. Uh, but this particular deal, so Max Scherzer uh, going to Texas, uh, they also got uh, a ton of cash. I think the Texas Rangers are only having to pay about $24 million of the, the contract, um, and Scherzer even uh, took his player option for 2024. So now the Rangers have him for this year and throughout next year, uh, all for just 
one rookie shortstop and that while that is uh ronald acuna jr's brother uh luis aniel acuna uh who is doing really well in double a i think he's hitting 315 uh 830 ops and 51 rbis so far this season in particular so a, a really good decent prospect giving just one rookie prospect up for max scherzer and still giving them a ton of money in the deal is is huge and if there's any team that i am not surprised went for a deal like that it's a team with a lot of money and a lot of control like the mets who just have tons of money behind them can throw money at anything so they realistically whoever they threw at whoever they they tried to get for scherzer it's more just i'm not terribly surprised um i think this is a i it makes sense from both ends the mets it's it's like i said a very good infielding prospect but getting rid of scherzer is huge i think if i was wanting to get rid of one of them between scherzer and verlander if i'm the mets i think just with how they've performed long term and how they are i would have rather offloaded um verlander to be honest with you but Makes a lot of sense, but very, very one-sided. Great on Texas, great move. Uh, you get a, an absolute ace, especially with some of the injuries that they've seen. Getting Scherzer, uh, who can pretty much lead your rotation, is uh, huge for them, and especially having at least a year of control on him is, is pretty big. Um, but I understand both sides on this trade. Uh, the next one uh, that I want to talk about is the Angels uh, acquiring uh, CJ Crone and Randall Grichik. Um, from the Rockies uh, and giving up uh, two uh, two pitchers, uh, so Jake Madden and Mason Albright, uh, who are their number eight and number twenty eight prospects. Um, I think this is huge for the Angels. I love this move a lot. Uh, both CJ Crone and Randall Grichik, I think, could really contribute to this team, and I think it shows. I think it was just not long before they made this trade that they pretty much said, hey, Shohei Otani is is off the market. We're not getting rid of him. We're going to keep him this year. I think this is a huge little support system for him because I know while they are with the uh, with the Rockies, who sometimes it's infamous for uh, how their hitting stats can perform uh, at their stadium. But CJ Krohn's hitting 260 with 11 home runs so far, and that's even with dealing with some injuries. Uh, Randall Grichik, um, previous Blue Jay outfielder, is hitting 308 and hit eight home runs. Uh, and they're also getting $2 million on top of that for, for two rookies. I think this is a really, really good move for the Angels, who are clearly wanting to do something while they for sure have Trout and Otani on the same roster at the same time. I, I, they get tons of respect for me for trying to, to really go for it. Depending on how their season goes, they are still really in the running for a wild card spot. And this really could bite them in the butt, though, just with their contracts, with their paying, uh, and then ultimately deciding not to deal Otani and, and get some value back for him. This could really... It's a high-risk, high-reward kind of situation for the Angels right now. If they do not make the postseason, it is going to be devastating for the team, pretty much just having the best baseball player of all time on your team and just letting him go for nothing. Um, but I think with these couple trades, they are putting themselves in the best possible spot to set Otani and Trout up to make the postseason. So huge respect there. And honestly, they I think they kind of I think they kind of fleeced the Rockies a little bit um, while they're they're both decent pitchers, uh, Jake Madden and Mason Albright. They're not anywhere close to being their top prospects and t getting two decent average power bats into your lineup, uh, an infielder and an outfielder for two pitchers is huge. I will always 
always be in the camp of if you can trade rookies for uh, established seasoned uh, major leaguers, you make that deal any day. Uh, I'm always in the mindset of while minor, while rookies are good to have, minor leaguers are always good to have. It's always good to have an established farm system. If you can get people who are major league ready and can be consistent in in your lineup or your rotation, that's what you have to go with if you're trying to win. Um, so I great move by the Angels, Rockies. I kind of understand it. They're not winning anyway, so it's good to start getting uh, <laughs> good to start getting some some more in your farm system. Uh, so I understand both sides, but I definitely think the Angels got the better of this deal. Um, next one I have to talk about as a Blue Jays fan is uh, the Jays acquiring Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals for uh, Sam Rubbers and Adam Klofenstein, uh, two uh, sol- decently solid double-A pitchers uh, for Jordan Hicks, who is... Uh, probably one of the better relief pitchers that were on the market in this trade deadline. I think this is huge for the Blue Jays, especially with Jordan Romano going on the IL, having someone who can throw triple digits consistently, whose median fastball is over 100 miles an hour, is is dominant. Uh, people really undersell just how important high velocity is for a bullpen squad in particular, because it can really drastically set batters back, especially if you bring them in after a starter who has things like a curveball, a changeup, uh, a good mix of fastballs and off-speed pitches. Having someone come in immediately after with triple-digit fastballs is it bonkers. Um, I have loved Jordan Hicks. I usually like having him on like fantasy lineups and all that as well. Um, impressive pitcher. And the Jays really have not had a high velo arm in their system for ages. And I, I know Pearson uh, throws triple digits, uh, Nate Pearson, but with his command issues, it's kind of tough to gauge. And he was brought up as a starter, moved to a reliever, and he just hasn't been consistent. I think even though Jordan Hicks is a rental, this is a great move for the Jays and really sets them up with their best bullpen depth that I've, I have ever seen them have. And while the, the pay for it was big um both of these pitchers uh sam and adam uh the two double a pitchers that the blue jays had are were really solid and they uh over the next probably year or two would have really started to tear in in double a and as they got moved up to triple a but that being said the jays are in win now territory i understand the move um goes back to exactly what i said not long ago about if you can take established major league ready players for uh relievers you got to do it and the blue jays are in a win now phase so i super understand the move uh and i think the cardinals are are doing what they have to do they understand that they are not going to be in a consistent winning season this year so picking up some really really solid pitchers was a great move for both i think realistically this is going to get some flack from both ends especially just with how jordan hicks is a uh, realistically a rental for the year it's I understand it from both sides, and I know the Blue, some of the Blue Jays are getting a bit of flack for um, from fans for making a move like that, but I love it. I understand it, and you got to think of it from the perspective of if you, if you can introduce Jordan Hicks to the team, to the squad, it makes it more likely to potentially uh, sign a contract as well, which would be huge for the Jays. Uh, and the last big one that I want to talk about is uh, the Dodgers uh, picking up Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly from the White Sox in exchange for uh, Nick, Nick Nestrini, Jordan Leisure, and Trace Thompson. Uh, basically, uh, 
same thing, couple veteran arms for uh, minor leaguers. This is, I think, the most balanced trade that I've seen so far in the worst way possible. Um, Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly, uh, who are established vets, are both in really, really down off seasons. Uh, Lance Lynn is is uh, has a 6.47 ERA. Uh, Joe Kelly has a 4.97 ERA. So not great years for either of them. Um, but realistically, the 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 rookies that they're giving up, the the prospects that they're losing, and Nestrini, uh, Leisure, and Thompson aren't spectacular either. A lot. I mean, a lot of them show a lot of potential, but. Um, I know the the couple pitchers in particular have had issues with command, uh, which has driven them to. I think both of them have uh, plus uh, over four ERAs, so it's it, it kind of makes sense. You're getting uh, the Dodgers are getting uh, veteran arms more so just to fill out their terribly injured lineup. Uh, something that I think that was more of a, a move out of desperation that they had to do. Um, rather than anything, and they really didn't have to give up a whole ton for it. Now, any deal that has three minor leaguers in it is a, a pretty standout deal. Uh, you don't see that all of the time, but I think I think the return on both ends makes sense. Uh, but none of it is great on both sides. I think this was just a deal that both teams needed to try and have happen uh, in in the White Sox, who are in a losing year, and the Dodgers just needing to to fill something out on their on their rotation. Um, so makes sense in the worst way possible. Um, so that's some of the, the most notable trades so far as of recording this right now. Uh, some of I'm not going to go into everybody who's still left on the market because there's, there's a whole ton. Um, but I want to go over a few pitchers. I want to go over a couple hitters uh, just so that you have a bit more of a perspective of who's still out on the market. Uh, and this comes after uh, people like Marcus Stroman, Cody Bellinger, Shohei Otani have all been taken off the trade market and uh, kind of opened things up a little bit more by having them off. Um, so some of the, the big pitchers, probably the team with the most pitchers to give away are going to be between the Mariners and the Tigers. Uh, Tigers more so for, for starters, the, uh, Mariners more so for relievers. Um, the Tigers have Michael Lorenzen and Eduardo Rodriguez available. Uh, Michael Lorenzen is, is a consistent rental bat that I think would be the more kind of like bang for your buck trade that a team could go for. I think he's got a 358 ERA right now. Uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, I think is the, the starter to target right now. If you are teams really trying to win, um, he's got a 295 ERA, a great lefty arm in particular as well. Um, he's had a, a pretty stellar, incredible year so far. I think he is the the hot pitcher for teams to go after if they want to win. Um, whereas Michael Lorenzen, I think, would be just more that uh, if you need something to fill out your rotation, I think he'd be a good arm to go for. Uh, and the Mariners, probably the most standout that they're offering right now is Paul Sewald. Paul Sewald, um, he's got great year, 293 ERA. Um, I think this move, if if the Mariners move him in particular, this sets up how they're wanting the rest of their season to go. I know they have a few people on the trade block and I think it with how good he is, if they offload him to a team, I think it, it this is the clear indicator of, okay, we're done for this year. Um, we're going to see what we can do next year, but we're, we're done for this year. I think they have a couple options that they can get rid of. They can move around that could still set them up for a bit of success because they are still kind of in a wild card race right now. Um, they're definitely underperforming expectations coming off of last year, but um, I think this is the key one where if they get rid of him, they're basically saying their season's done. 
Um, but great reliever. Uh, I think there's tons of teams that would want to go after him, especially now that someone like Jordan Hicks is off the market. Um, for hitters, again, Mariners have someone in there. Um, and The White Sox and the Mets have a few really good options available. Uh, for the Mariners, Teoscar Hernandez. I've been hearing tons of talks of Blue Jays fans in particular wanting to get Hernandez back on the team, and I do not understand it at all. I love Hernandez. Uh, was a great player when he was on the Jays, but... I wanted to get rid of him for about two years when he was on the team, uh, especially when he was having higher value a couple years back. Um, that was when I wanted to offload him. But um, at the end of the day, he is still a really good power bat to have in any lineup. My biggest gripe with him is he's a lower average hitter, uh, hits 236 right now, and he leads the major leagues in strikeouts. Um, so when I hear Jays fans in particular say they want to pick up Hernandez, I can't handle it at all we've already had some people struggle with strikeouts um matt chapman who's started to kind of turn it around and now george springer who i think is just having the unluckiest season of anybody right now it's just not something that i see the jays needing in their lineup and i we had hernandez he was great i don't need to see him back (laughs) uh one person i would love the blue jays to end up signing is Tim Anderson from the White Sox, uh, a shortstop uh, who can play second base. He is the one that I I am gunning for the Jays to try and go after. Um, he started off the really the year really really slow, probably his worst start that he's ever had in Major League Baseball. Uh, he's hitting two thirty nine right now, but I think since June or July he's been batting over three hundred, and uh, he's got some power. Uh, he's hit I mean he hit his first home run in a while just the other day, but um, up until this year he's a pretty consistent guy and um i just think having a rotation or having a having a lineup where you could have tim anderson who's who's quick usually hits for average in your second base position would be huge for any team uh, especially while he has pretty low value with how he's done so far this year i think this would be a a surprisingly a surprisingly good pickup um for a team like the blue jays in particular um, but I'll explain how I want the Blue Jays to look after this trade deadline, after all this. But Tim Anderson is great. I think he could benefit most teams who need some sort of a middle infield opening. Um, I think he's just very, very underrated right now on the trade market. Uh, and my last one that I want to point out is Tommy Pham, outfielder with the Mets. Um, slow start, getting off to a decent rest of the year. He's hitting 265 right now, and he mashes lefties in particular um so i think having someone who can just dominate over left-handed pitching is always good to have on any lineup and when he's hitting for a decent average 265 on the mets who are in in cell mode right now i think tommy fam you i think most teams could get tommy fam for relatively cheap which is is tempting for everyone which is going to then make it harder for any team to get him but i think he's definitely someone who's going to be on the move before the trade deadline is done because it it just makes sense to offload him he's not one of the key guys uh in the lineup uh outfielder and most teams want him and the mets don't really need him Um, those are some of the, the biggest names still up for grabs on the trade market. Of course, the deadline is uh, August 1st. Uh, I think it's, what is it, around, what, 4 or 5 in the afternoon Eastern Standard. And uh, it just, I love the trade deadline. It's so exciting. It's it's the my favorite day in baseball because just everything happens uh, all the way down to the wire. 
it's just very exciting. I love it. Uh, and just to kind of end wrap up on a little bit of Blue Jays talk, because this has been a lot of talking, a lot of information this episode. I, w- I want to give my little my Blue Jays fans something, and that's um, my optimal moves for the Blue Jays right now. Of course, uh, there was lots of talk of them wanting a starter. I think they do not need any more pitching. They have an incredible amount of starting pitching options. Uh, I think they're already in a six-man rotation, and the addition of Jordan Hicks fixes our bullpen. And I think we've already we already had a ton of really really good options in the bullpen. I think Jordan Hicks just adds depths to that. So, I think for pitching, Blue Jays are pretty good. Um for the lineup, I think the biggest option is either getting a some really good right-handed bat or like I said, sign Tim Anderson. I would love to sign Tim Anderson. He's been one of my favorite players in the league for a little bit now and at the end of the day, I think that the Jays need to do what they can to probably offload Espinal. Um, I wanted to get rid of Kirk last year. Uh, I know Blue Jays fans don't flame me too hard, but he had tons of value. Both of them had tons of value after the All-Star break last year, and I, that's when I wanted to get rid of both of them. Um, and we held on to them, and both of them lost a ton of value. So I think we need to try and get whatever we can for both of them. I think Kirk is finally lighting back up because he had a really slow season. And Espinal hasn't really fully come back to his form at the start of last season. And I'm fine with getting rid of both of them. I would love to move Varsho into a bench spot because at the end of the day, he's got some speed. He is the best defender on the Blue Jays. So having him come in in certain situations, I think would be great. Move Merrifield into left, Kiermaier in center, Springer in right. Um, And then if you have an infield of Chapman, Bichette, Anderson, Guerrero... And then Jansen behind the dish and Belt DHing. That is a spectacular lineup. And I love what the Jays are doing right now. They just moved their rotation around so they have Whit Merrifield. Uh, they had Merrifield batting leadoff. Um, then realistically, I could see them go Merrifield, Anderson, Bichette, Guerrero, Belt, Chapman, Springer, um, Jansen, Kiermeyer, which is a just a lights out lineup to me. Um, you got the high speed, high average guys. You got tons of power in the middle of the order. Uh, and then having the back end of your lineup be, um, what would that be? Springer, Kiermaier, and Jansen is just dominant. I think that would fix everything on the Blue Jays and really bring everything together because they already, without making any moves, have a pretty dominant team. And I think everybody knew that from the start of the season. But I think this just kind of fixes any loose ends that they would have and would secure them some consistent depth into the postseason. That's that's my dream. I could see them doing whatever. Uh, I hope they don't sign another outfielder because I really want them to do what they can to extend either Kiermaier or Merrifield because they've both been amazing this year. And uh, I just think their biggest opening where they could fill that is at second base. Um, so picking up someone who can play second, I think, is my key option for what I want the, G- the Blue Jays to go for. And... The White Sox are offloading, can get Anderson for pretty cheap. I think it's their best option. Uh, and anyways, that's going to be it for my my little trade deadline bonus episode. I know it was a little dry. Uh, I know it's kind of a harder little bonus episode for people who are not incredibly familiar with the with Major League Baseball, the trade deadline, uh, individual players, all that sort of thing. So if you didn't tune in for the whole thing, I super understand. I get it. Um, but something I wanted to cover and talk about. 
Um, so thank you so much for watching. Uh, I would love to hear what you would like to think for future episodes and recommendations. If it's uh, players, uh, teams you want in-depth analyses on, or anything all in between for baseball, let me know. You can find me on socials, uh, on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram threads, all at Justin AJ Kohler. That's Justin AJ K-O-E-H-L-E-R. Um, I would just love to get any of your thoughts, any of your ideas. Um, so that's going to wrap it up. Thank you again for listening to yet another baseball podcast. Stay happy, stay healthy, and I look forward to talking with you in the next one. Take care. Bye.